Hello and welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the MediaBios.com. If you're joining us today, you know what we're doing. We are getting all highfalutin about the Oscars already because the nominations got pushed earlier and earlier. We are here to talk about them earlier and earlier. It is barely 2020. And as our first act of the new decade, we are going to be talking about the movies that we think are going to get nominated for the categories minus the shorts for the Oscars uh, come January 13th. So when you're hearing this, uh, the next Monday at God early in the morning, I think like 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. Super early. Or if you're in the West Coast, it's like 5 in the morning. Um, they'll stream the nominations. And uh, our resident experts have kept their ears to the ground and have been kind of tracking this stuff. We've had regular posts go up. <laughs> but this is the podcast where we talk about movies themselves. If we've seen them, if we agree with the nominations, or just kind of our general feelings about what's getting nominated. So, I'm joined today by TJ. Hello! And he has got his master sheet. I'll be uh, playing the role of TJ and Dave, <coughs> who will be missed on this podcast. I'll play the role of Chris and Brent, because Brent doesn't care. I won't have to do any heavy lifting for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the movies that are going to get nominated, and we're going to kind of go in order in the way that uh, that Gold Derby has these listed. Um, if you're not aware, Gold Derby is kind of your one-stop shop for expert predictions on nominations, award winners, etc. Um, who they yeah, you can you can do what Chris, David, and I do, which is like use Gold Derby as kind of a starting point, and then go diving into guilds and other awards. Yeah. and see what happens. Or you can just go to Gold Derby, and they've done a lot of that legwork for you. Yeah, um, there are hundreds of people who do this, so you can you can get your you can distill their choices into stuff that you agree with and uh, be uh, pretty close to correct. Um, that's not the goal today. We're not trying to beat the odds. We're just trying to kind of talk about what we think is going to get nominated just for, for funsies. And David and I have been doing this since July and yeah. keeping track. Uh, that's what'll be up on the website and, uh, not the latest ones. Cause I guess we'll do one in February too, but it'll be up in a couple of days this weekend. Yeah. Uh, in written form. Yeah. So you'll, uh, you'll you'll have our guide to go by, and you can tell us if we're geniuses or idiots, um, as long as you leave a rating on iTunes saying what your opinion is of us. <laughs> we don't give a shit what you say. Uh, no, just kidding. We love you. Um, but all right. Why don't we kick it off? Uh, okay. Let's start with um, something that has been kind of the, uh, the Achilles heel of our Oscar death race, and one of the reasons why we're probably not doing it this year. Uh, but we'll start out with uh, with the best international feature, uh, whatever they call that award now, because they've changed the name like a dozen times. It was, it was international feature as of today, <laughs> as of this recording. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, usually a hard one to predict, but there's a few easy inclusions, locks, if you will. Yeah. Say that word too much this podcast. I'm sure. Feels a little reminiscent of last year. Yeah, you get that's true with the uh, Cold War and uh, Roma. Roma. Yeah. Yeah, you get that. You get Parasite, which is going to get nominated for Best Picture. We'll talk about that later, but it's going to win here. I don't see any way that doesn't happen. And Pain and Glory is the uh, Parasite, South Korea, Pain and Glory, Spain, I believe, unless I'm just totally wrong on that, but I think it's Spain. Yeah. Starring Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz. Could get nominations elsewhere. It'll definitely get nominated here. Um, David and I both have some kind of boring picks and a, a movie that I'm excited about. Uh, it's streaming on Netflix now. Uh, Atlantics is the Senegalese submission, uh, and it takes place in the future with a huge, like, crazy tower looming over Dakar, the big city in Senegal. 
Cool. Uh, it's a female African director and the first ever uh, African woman to have a film submitted into Cannes um, and get accepted there. Sweet. So I'm going to watch that on Netflix. Maybe today. I just saw that it was streaming. I didn't know. Nice. Uh, but David and I both have it there. We also both have uh, Les Miserables, the movie that's not about Les Mis. Yeah. It's about the, the 2005 French riots. Yeah. Um, and I don't know from the trailer how much similarity it has with the book and the play, um, slash musical, but I did see somebody in the trailer shout the words, I am the law, which is very Javert of that character. <laughs> yes. So maybe that's, maybe there's some al- uh, allegory there. So, uh, but yeah. that's, that's Amazon Studios, so that might hit before the Oscars. can almost guarantee it will. Yeah. Um, it was, so we agree on those four, Atlantic, Les Mis, Pain and Glory, and Parasite. Uh, and we differ on the fifth choice. I have the Painted Bird in, which is a Czechoslovakian, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, film. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is in this. It's his first uh, native language production since he did the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. Uh, the... Yeah. European version. Um, native language I've used for him because I think he speaks like 12 languages. Right. Um, I have that one in. David has Beanpole. It's a Russian submission. Uh, don't know a lot about Beanpole. It looks like it's a story about a uh, like a a woman in uh, war-torn uh, Russia who has suffered a concussion and has a lot of like medical health problems and I think probably kind of dealing with like the authoritarian state um, and this woman who's kind of lost in the cracks. Right. So, yeah, those are hard to find and watch, though. Yeah. ceremony. Some of them won't get released. Uh, not necessarily these four or five. But international films in the past have not been released in the States till well after the ceremony was over. Right. Which is, which is hard because these movies have to release in their country of origin before October 31st. They're just... They're, there's a lot of legwork to do localization. You guys know me as... as part of what I do here is the video game guy. And, um, you know, that, that whole translation and it's not, it's never just a straight transliteration, you know, idioms have to be translated and like local slang. So it's, it's hard. It takes time, but it's also, I mean, there's, there's, there's distribution rights that have to get bought and sold. So that's what bid on. I think that's a lot of it. Yeah. There was a year where both of us had only four movies that we missed. It was three foreigns and all the money in the world. Yeah. Um, and so. These will be hard, but it's, it's cool to know that, that, you know, if you miss Parasite in theaters, it probably isn't going to be out. Um, might still be in a theater near you. Still in our, in, like, local indie here. Yeah, but Atlantics is out now. Uh, uh, Les Miserables will probably be out. There's no, like, guarantee on that, but right. it's Amazon Studios. And they're releasing shit basically day and date with, like, Aeronauts, Britney Runs a Marathon. Right. Stuff like that. Uh Netflix had marriage story, you know. You can just expect that these with production studios that are also streaming services will probably try and make them widely available. It's probably going to wait. If they release, we'll probably wait till the nomination date. Yeah. And try to coincide with that a little bit, I would guess. Yeah. But my my, my guess also is you you might see Painting Glory somewhere, but the fifth choice is, is an outside shot. So if you're in the death race... Um, Sorry. <laughs> good, good luck. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm going to make a bold prediction here and... Uh, Aim at right field and say, not only will Paris get nominated, but it'll probably win. Yeah, me and David both have it winning right now, uh, <laughs> pre-nomination. Uh, 
Pain and Glory, obviously, in second place. Uh, but those movies will come up in other categories. Yeah. Well, let's go on to documentary feature. This yeah, this one is the hardest a, one to watch to like the easiest category to fill out. <laughs> yeah, this is this is always really um, you know between like HBO and um, just these companies wanting to make their film visible in places. Sometimes you'll find like legitimate copies on YouTube, um, but you know then you'll also have like a spat. I think two of these are Netflix docs. Mm-hmm. Um, one's you know, Hulu. Yeah, one's on Hulu. Hulu's got, always got a pretty good showing here and only here. Um, but documentary feature. So give us a rundown. looks like we've got the same kind of setup where you and David agree for four of these and then disagree on the fifth one in. Yeah, my number one, and and, and we we do disagree a little bit on our early winter prediction here, but my number one in is the one that you can stream on Hulu right now. I watched it last night. It was really good. Uh, Apollo 11 uh, is about exactly what you think it's about. Um, But it's a good documentary because there's not a lot of voiceover. So it's kind of interesting, at least. Okay. It is a lot of footage from the day of the Apollo 11 takeoff. Um, and footage from, like, the people gathering at Cape Canaveral to watch it. The people at the base and, like, a, a problem goes wrong with the space shuttle. Yeah. Or not space shuttle, but the the rocket. Uh, and then a lot of, like, Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin, and uh, the famous one, Jesus Christ, Neil Armstrong, <laughs> getting, uh, like, ready. And kind of the fear in their eyes was kind of cool because, you know. There was a like famously a a speech ready to read for when they just died immediately when they got out yeah. <laughs> of the lunar lander. Um, they were probably uh, thinking there was about a fifty percent chance they weren't going to make it, which is insane. Um, so that's a good documentary. David's pick to win right now is number one in his fourth Sama. I also have it getting uh, nominated. Don't even heard about this documentary plot before. It takes place in Aleppo, <laughs> um, but it is about that's Aleppo. A, yeah, <laughs> where where is it? <laughs> Old joke. Um, it's about a woman there and, uh, her daughter, I believe, and her kind of trying to survive and pretty much not like build a life for her daughter, but survive enough for her daughter to have a life Yeah, is what it looks like. Um, it looks good. It's not streaming yet anywhere. Um, but it is a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of these documentaries are just like their scores on critical websites or just through the fuck they're always like right. I think like 50 of the top 100 movies on Rotten Tomatoes are documentaries um, I was about to look at the production company and the last thing I googled was the Stinky Cheese Man <laughs> so that's next actually <laughs> uh, no just kidding no Stinky Cheese Man um, American Factory is a documentary me and David both have getting nominated uh, it looks awesome it's about a Chinese uh, businessman who moves to Ohio after a factory shutdown and reopens it and hires only American workers Oh, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen this movie. I think Michael Keaton's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Except he's not Chinese. Yeah. Um, No, I saw a trailer for this. I think this is, this is available somewhere. Yeah, it was uh, streaming on something I forget as well. Yeah. Um, But it looks pretty fun. Honeyland is one we both have getting nominated. Also a bizarre documentary. It's about the last female bee hunter in Europe. And uh, her struggles with beekeepers. From what I can gather, beekeepers harvest bees and honey. Bee hunters go find honey naturally. Okay. And harvest honey that way. Um, and it's her kind of being the last of her, you know, job right. in Europe. Uh, it looks pretty fucking bizarre. And, you know, I think documentaries, like 90% of them are just what's the subject matter. Yeah. Um, and I'm at least interested in that. 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's I guess it's set in Macedonia. Uh, you can watch it right now for like six bucks. So oh, cool! It's we'll, if you we'll, want to round we up will at some point. the dock feature. It sounds like you can at least get three for five so far. Yeah, um, and here's where we split a little bit. David's got a a, a really good documentary, Midnight Family. Um, it's about a poor family in Mexico City who makes ends meets make ends meet by running a private nighttime ambulance. Um, huh. for going to places where regular ambulances won't go, um, for danger, pretty much in cool. Mexico City. So it looks pretty cool. Uh, and the cave is also something I did not know about. It is my fifth entry in. Uh, it's about an underground hospital in Syria. Wow. Yeah, it looks bonkers, man. But it's pretty much like uh, it's the same guy. The director of the cave is the guy who directed uh, the White Helmets. Okay. Uh, Last Man in Aleppo, all that. Um, so yeah, it's, a uh, and, and down in the cave, apparently this is the main like point of the documentary. Women doctors and men doctors work side by side. And that is a very, not what happens on the surface. So it's like going underground where nothing matters and they forget about all the politics and they just try to like save people's lives when they get killed by car bombs or drone attacks or whatever. Um, but yeah, an underground hospital in Syria sounds a little weird. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting spread. Uh, I feel like sometimes it's just like sad, 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 sad. Yeah. And I think most of these will probably be a little sad outside of Apollo 11. Yeah. Um, and there's a few that might get nominated that, that probably will get nominated. Me and David are far from perfect at this. Um, one child nation is a documentary that's on Netflix right now. It's obviously about China Yeah, and that law and how it's kind of been pulled back a little bit. Um, there's a movie called uh, Maiden, which uh, I forget now exactly what it was about. It's about the Maid of the Mist, the Niagara the Falls The first all-female yachting team competing. What team? Yachting. Yachting, okay. Um, in the Whitbread Round, which is like a big yacht race. Okay. It's an all-female group. You could have made up all those words and I'd still say okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh, That race is crazy. They go 33,000 miles. What? They go 33,000 miles. They no, I heard, go I heard around the, the number. <laughs> I just don't believe it. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another one called Biggest Little Farm, which is pretty cool. It's about two farmers who move to L.A. and try to start a farm there. Um, these are all too happy to get nominated at the Oscars, <laughs> but they might get in uh, if one of ours gets left out. Well, cool. Yeah, I, I would be excited to see the Cave and Midnight family. They both seem to have a, a similar kind of thrust to them doing the best for the bad situation. Yeah. Um, interesting. Is this probably the category where you guys diverge the most as far as the ranking, the, the order? No, we mix up a lot when we go in. Yeah, David right now has the Forsama winning, and yeah. I've got Apollo 11 winning, but the Apollo 11 winning is just kind of in hopes that it's not another sad-ass <laughs> Well, cool. Uh, let's get into something where we've started to see some of these movies. Yay! Or you saw Apollo 11, sorry. Don't yeah. mean to sell you short. Anyway, both saw Parasite. Never mind what I just said. <laughs> uh, but we're going to get into Best Animated Feature. Um, here, uh, I can start talking with some authority. Uh You've seen the two locks. I've seen the two locks, and I will probably see uh, the other two that you both agree on because they're both available, um, at least to buy, and one for free. So, where's I lost my body uh, available at? Netflix. 
Oh, cool. Pretty yeah. sure. Um, and Missing Link is uh, for rent right now for like four bucks. Yeah. On anything. Yeah. Um, but Frozen 2 and Toy Story 4 are getting in here. Um, this is also the first category where I'm almost positive I will not see all the nominations because I don't think Frozen 2 is going to happen for me unless it, somehow it gets released to a streaming service or for rent before the ceremony. Yeah. Um, yeah. I lost my bodies on Netflix. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'll definitely watch everything else because I think they're all out for rent except for Frozen. And you saw Frozen 2 in the theaters. And it was fine. Yeah, I've got it winning right now uh, only because it, it had a little more steam, got released at the right time. Right. Uh, it's a two-horse race, though, and uh, Toy Story 4 is David's pick to win. He's got Frozen 2 in second. Um, and I had Toy Story 4 winning until this month. So those two are are, are in. Yeah. Uh, and you got some kind of fighting missing link. Uh, David saw and enjoyed. It's the uh, production studio. On that. Studio it's, Leica. Yeah, Leica. Uh, I've been seeing trailers for that movie for over a year now. Yeah, I thought it had been out. Yeah. Um, but that's also because we had like three like Yeti-ish movies come out at the same time. Uh, yeah, there are a couple that we left off our list that could get nominated here. Like, like Abominable yep. could get a nomination. And then the uh, there's one that's not nominated. I think it was last year. It was like the comedy that was... Uh, um, I forget who voiced the lead in it. I think John Cena. Um, but all three of those movies, I feel like all the press came out at the same time. So I think there was probably a race to get the trailer out because yeah. So, you, so yours stands out. A little. Yeah, yeah. The last thing you want to do is be a movie about living toys when Toy Story One comes out. So, uh, right. Yeah. Um, I lost my body is an interesting one. That that's the one yeah. streaming on Netflix it's now. French. Yeah. Um, it looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Chris has got attacked by a fake flower. Yeah, uh, it looks good. I'll, I'll might watch it today too. I don't know. These yeah. are all things that I, I want to see, and I'm just kind of waiting till the nominations come out so I don't burn myself out. Yeah, um, I'll watch these movies if they don't get nominated, just not in the next month. Right. I'll see them for free on HBO, like right. like late I'll, this I'll year. I'll rent them if I want to watch them. I'm right. Just trying to only watch Oscar shit now because I will get burnt out and then not care. Yeah. Um. But yeah, David's got uh, Weathering With You uh, as his fifth in here. Uh, it's another kind of indie film. Uh, I don't want to put words in David's mouth, but I feel like he's hedging his bets a little bit with Weathering With You and I Lost My Body. I think one of those gets in for sure. Probably not both. Yeah, he, he always... Well, he, he typically tracks his by... Um, he puts the fifth one in normally as the, the one Annie nomination. Uh, which is the uh, the animated awards? Yeah, uh, that, that guild. Although it's not technically a guild. Yeah, but it, this this is it looks like a the this is the anime that sneaks in. I think last year we had an Annie and an anime, which is might might have changed David's rubric a little. Why he has I lost my body and weathering with you. Um, oh, it could definitely happen. Yeah, he yeah. can definitely land both those. I don't think it's like a complete hedging of bets, but. Yeah, um, but this is the guy who did uh, Your Name, uh, and uh, which was either nominated or was one of the one of the outside shots to hit the fifth spot um, for the 2017 Oscars. I remembered seeing it on a bunch of early lists. So right, uh, the any award nominations for best feature are Frozen Two, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, which I have in as my fifth. Um, I just the first two got nominated. Yeah, so why not? 
Uh, Klaus, which Brent and David watched and didn't like, is a Netflix original that yeah. got nominated for Best Feature. It looks like a really interestingly animated, but I know Brent kind of knocked the animation on it a little bit. So I think it's really the only maybe here. I think you're dealing with the six between me and David. Yeah. Uh, and Klaus, as as your five nominees will come out of those seven films. Uh, Missing Link and Toy Story 4, though, were the other animated feature. But you do have Best Indie Feature at the Annie's. Yeah. And I'll also body and Weathering with you both got nominated there. Okay. So... Yeah, any of those seven, uh, pick your five, as long as they include Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2, I believe. Cool. Um, and How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, we didn't talk about it much, but you know what that movie is. Yeah, and I'll watch it because I like the first two. They were yeah, I like the first two, and I like that they're, I mean, that's a huge franchise. That's If you're not paying attention to how huge that, that thing is, it's like... There's a like Disney original show that's on right now. Or two shows. They kind of have like the Star Wars Clone Wars. Yeah. Kind there's of. a Netflix original too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is now Disney, I believe. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Uh, and a ton of fucking money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huge franchise. You're right. Um. All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, the the what is what the Oscars will refuse to call the popular award, um, <laughs> but uh, best visual effects. Um, here we have, uh, the, the Golden Globes number one for best animated movie. And then, <laughs> uh, the universally beloved movie and then the universally eh movie and then the movie that no one finished and then a movie that no one's seen. Yeah. Me and David are in complete agreement here, uh, in all five, uh, and both picking the Lion King as the early front runner. It's the same people that did Jungle Book the year it got like all the visual effects. Yeah. Love. Um, I was a little surprised The Lion King got nominated here and is such a favorite to win only because there was a little pushback on the visual effects for The Lion King. I mean, you didn't really see it. Yeah. Um, I saw it a little more than you did, but not much. Uh, Maybe it helped that I was watching on the back of an airplane seat. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, the non-emoting Simba <laughs> face just didn't bother me. Um, the Irishman is almost surely getting a nomination here uh, for the de-aging stuff that they did in post-production. Yeah. Um, and then, like... Star Wars and Avengers are, you know, the non-really shockers. Yeah. Per- Visual effects the way you think of them. Yeah, pretty much any year that uh, a Star Wars or a big Marvel movie comes out, they have one uh, one of each in. Right. Uh, and Avengers doesn't have to be, you know, Captain Marvel and Spider-Man are on the short list, but they're putting all their eggs in the Avengers Endgame basket. Yeah. I would too, if I were them. Yeah. Uh, 1917 is a movie that, if you live in New York or L.A., you may have seen it. <laughs> but that's it. It's a limited release right now. Comes out uh, today as we're releasing this podcast. Oh. As we're recording it. I keep looking for my watch. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> well, you should stop. Um, this is also a six-horse race. We disagree on the five. Uh, a very good chance Alita Battle Angel gets an Oscar nomination here. Huh. All right. Um, for most visual effects? Yeah, for most <laughs> visual effects. The Ready Player One nod? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but I do think it's down to those six. Uh, for Viz Effects, uh, and I think the Lion King is in the Irishman are probably shoe ins here. So you think there's a chance that 1917 drops off drops off for uh, Alita? Yeah, I do. I think David thinks it would be one of the uh, two blockbusters. Yeah, uh, that it would take one of those spaces if it does. But we both have both blockbusters in right now. Yeah, uh, Alita just had so much backlash when it first came out. Although it's kind of come around a little bit, people talk about it like it's pretty good the speed racer effect yeah i just uh, wanted to talk about the movie speed racer twice in, in one week in, in one week for the <laughs> podcast oh man i just saw what we're talking about next yeah so explain the difference between <laughs> no, <I won't> refuse. 
Um, well, do you want to talk about these in bulk then? Yeah, these are the sound awards is what Chris is referencing. Yeah, it's editing like and mixing. We've been trying to figure out for three years and still can't. And I think the Academy is trying to figure out. The guilds know what they're doing. Right. But then the the Oscar general populist voting, I don't think they really make a distinction. And it looks like you guys haven't made much of a distinction here either. Nope, we have five movies, both of us getting nominated at all you know, four spots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for a possibility of 20 different movies, you guys have picked five. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, we're kind of throwing a, like a shotgun approach at these. It's like, musical, rocket man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll get in. Uh, again, Star Wars and Avengers are just like, I don't know, lots of noises. They yeah. Went, they went boom a lot. Yeah. Uh, same with 1917. I do hear the sound, uh, mixing and editing both in Ford vs. Ferrari is like insane. Um, really good, like Doppler effect kind of stuff. Yep, loud car noises. Yeah, uh, but we both have those five getting all the nominations for both. That never fucking happens, so we're definitely wrong. But uh, you know, it's possible. The the first time we talked about this, David, I remember was like, and, and not to his fault, was saying like, well, sound mixing is like musicals, and sound editing is like war, and we're like, cool. So La La Land for mixing, and uh, what was the Mel Gibson movie? Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge for editing, and then we were right, just got him backwards. <laughs> so we don't fucking know what we're talking about. Uh, I mean, that is what we had read. Musicals get mixing, La La Land for editing. I don't fucking know. Give up. Well, we know what songs are, so we'll talk about that next. Yes. Uh, best does. original song, you guys, again, are going five for five match here. Um, I... Don't know what the original song for two of these are, but uh, Frozen 2. Do you think this is one of those years where Frozen 2 has a chance of getting two songs in? They only submitted one. They only submitted one? Yep. Good so, to see. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, that'll make you happy. Yeah. Um, and I'm guess that that's her big uh, climactic number. Yes, uh, it is. Uh, not as big of a song as, the, as uh, Let It Go, but it's still a good song. Yeah. Uh, you've got Rocket Man on here. Um, kind of a forgettable song. Yes. Uh, I've already forgotten it, in fact. Yeah. And then uh, the Lion King's original song, um, also kind of forgettable. Yeah, most of these are. And that tends to be what happens in uh, most years with original songs. Right. Unless you get a La La Land or uh, you know, something that's gotten music in it. I say that even though Rocket Man's on this list. Yeah. Um, but uh, most of these are credit songs. Okay. And then you've got Frozen 2. And you both got Harriet and Wild Rose. Do you have anything you can tell me about those or their songs? Nope. Harriet's a credit song. I only know because I read that. Okay. Uh, Wild Rose isn't, but it's also not like a uh, Ryan Bingham, uh, you know, crazy heart kind of thing. Okay. Uh, None of these are like prominent in their movies. Okay. Uh, The best hope you have, if that's your thing, is uh, I I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away is the Rainy Newman song for Toy Story 4. Okay. Which could get in. Um, what are the odds that a cat song gets in? That the cat song gets in? Uh, I would don't want to say zero because that would be wrong, but zero. So it's it's in the uh, gold derby odds where it's like one out of eight thousand or it's whatever. One out of a hundred, which is as high as they go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, they're speechless, which was the Aladdin original song. Okay. Uh, it might hop in here, but I doubt they throw all the love at Disney. Yeah. Um, they're already gonna get you know two. Right. Um, but they've gotten like four before, so. Who knows? They got three for one fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. The, the Frozen 2 is the front runner here. It's uh, Oscar winners already. Um, and I definitely think they'll steal any votes from The Lion King. Uh, Rocket Man's a movie, though, that is picking up speed in other categories, so people might try to reward it here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I feel like any category which makes a movie, which puts a movie in front of somebody's eyes, bleeds into other categories more than you expect. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think that's the thing you got to keep remembering is the people that nominate and vote care about this and I've seen less than we have. Right. Um, so they try to reward movies somewhere maybe where they shouldn't be rewarded. Um, that sounds way like worse than I believe it is, but I think it definitely fucking happens, especially once you get the nominations in. Um and actual voting for winners starts to take place. Well, cool. Well, let's talk about something that uh, we typically talk about a lot uh, throughout the year, but we've been a little quieter about. Um, maybe it's just because we're noticing it less, or maybe it's not as strong of a year for it. But uh, we've got a best original score. Yeah. Um, there are some locks here, I think. I think mainly it's 1917. Uh, Thomas Newman. Thomas Newman, so an Oscar uh, winner, I think, definitely a nominated uh, person. But the, these, the war movies like that in 1917, picking up as much steam as it is and getting released at the fucking stupid right time yeah. that it's getting released at, um, I think we'll kind of get a nomination here. I think also in score, people tend to not vote as much for the nomination process, so you probably get a truer tell yeah. of the actual best scores of the year. Um I've got Star Wars Rise of Skywalker in because John Williams got not get nominated. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's the most confusing original score pick for me because people get disqualified for such like like little things. But after hearing that the original compositions that he had are counted on the soundtrack of it, it's just like all right. Well, now there's no rules. Pretty much, um, you've got Joker. I really like that score. It's Hildur uh, uh, Gudnadotter. Um, it's neat score in that movie and a did you memorable score yeah no. um little women we start to get to our familiar cast of characters with alexander Desplat. yeah um and then uh marriage story i believe this is a composer that noah bombeck has worked with a lot um but that is a guess i think it's randy newman it is randy it is randy newman yeah oh, cool. randy newman could be nominated for both two different oscars and against his brother thomas newman oh yeah um Who's doing the score for, for 1917. But uh, Randy Newman's score in Marriage Story was fantastic. Yeah. Probably my favorite of the year uh, as of right now. Um, who's doing Pain and Glory? Do you know? Um, it is Alberto Iglesias. I've heard that name. So, and not just because of Julio. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know the, the composer. Um, so, yeah, you could end up with some big names. Uh, the Randy Newman-Thomas Newman battle. Will probably happen, um, so that'll be fun seeing two siblings nominated against each other. Yeah, doesn't happen a lot. Uh, Alberto Iglesias uh, did the score for uh, a bunch of stuff, but recently uh, for stuff that I know that you and I know, uh, Kite Runner, where he got a nomination, Constant Gardener, he got a nomination, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, he got a nomination, and then a bunch of stuff later, uh, including Exodus Gods and Kings, which is a movie that nobody saw by Ridley Scott. I saw it. Okay, so you don't have to. Thanks. That's how this works. That's why. That's why I saw cats. Um, but yeah. So he's a another storied composer. Yeah. So as far as locks go in this, uh, aside from nineteen seventeen, I don't really know. Um, I wouldn't say anything is. Me and David agree on Little Women, Joker, and Marriage Story. I've got Star Wars in. He's got Pain and Glory in. Uh, if we're wrong, there are a few things that could happen. Avengers and uh, Frozen Two are always like movies like that are just always. You know, yeah. possibilities. 
here. Uh, I really like the score in Us, and it's got a chance of getting yeah. in here. Um, that would be a lot of fun. It's kind of probably the last one that could get in, uh, but it's possible and would be a lot of fun uh, if it did. Michael Abel's. Yeah. Uh, it was just fun and kind of modern, and we don't get a lot of that in the Oscars. Yeah. The scores go. So, there's the music shit. Cool. Well, now I don't have to Google anything else. Um, <laughs> 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 Although, how cool would it have been if I would have been like, oh yeah, Hilder Guttendotter? You know him. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> so, up next we've got production design. This is one of those esoteric categories where I think we're pretty good at guessing these. But I don't think we really know what makes it the special sauce for how things come out on top in this category. Yes, I would agree. Um, but basically, how 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 nice and how hard was it to make it look nice was all of the rest of it that wasn't the acting or the special effects. Yeah, background, setting. Yeah. Best setting. So here, you guys both agree that Cats is going to win. Yeah, no, fuck Cats. God, <laughs> stop saying the word. But it could win for makeup and hairstyling. No. You don't know what the moires do. I do. But so, production design. Uh, we agree exactly. I think this is the only category where we agree exactly. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman are both uh, almost definitely getting nominated here. Yeah. Uh, we, we both have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood winning uh, at the moment anyway, and I think that's probably still a pretty safe bet. Uh, and deserving the production design of the movie was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of its high points, I think. Uh, 1917, uh, if you've seen the trailer, that kind of makes sense. Uh, Little Women is kind of the period piece, even though they're calling the Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood period pieces. Yeah. They're just wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> They're retro pieces. Yeah. And uh, Parasite is one me and David both have in now. It's definitely not a favorite. It's probably just a little bit out looking in. But I love the production design of Parasite. Um, yeah. Especially in the, the rain scene, them heading home. Yeah. After everything goes to shit. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun... Fun's the wrong word. But it's like the, the setting is as if it is war-torn, even though no war has happened. Right. Uh, but just kind of... It, it is a it is a good scenery as character representation of the division of wealth um, right. in the movie. I mean, you, I think you, you unintentionally skipped the Irishman. You guys both agree is the n- number two most likely. It is another lock, I would say, in this category. Yeah. Um, yeah, things outside that might not get in. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, which neither one of us have seen, so we can't really talk on But the trailer just looked real good. Another period piece. Yeah. Uh, Joker, which I think is probably not being talked about enough for his production design. I think that was kind of a secret. They did a good job of making like a different Gotham, kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a Gotham I hadn't really seen, which I think is hard to do at this point because you've seen like five different kinds of Gotham. Right. Um, I mean, they made they made it, it, it is the most iconic piece of scenery in any movie this year with the Bronx Steps. Uh, they made that a tourist attraction, right? Yeah, people in the Bronx are scratching their heads about it, right? And uh, Ford vs Ferrari is another one that could get in here again. A movie me and Chris can't really speak on too yeah. much. It's um, it's it sounds like it's it's all period pieces and then uh, Parasite. Yeah. So up next, we've got makeup and hairstyling. I said that production design was when we start to know stuff. And you claim that you know what the moires do. But uh, <laughs> tell me about makeup and hairstyling. I do. There's six movies this year. Oh. Not, and they're, they're doing not, five nominations this year. And they're year. doing five for the first time, which makes it a lot fucking easier. Sweet. Um, but I think there are six that could get nominated here. David and I agree on four of them. Uh, I saw Bombshell. I talked about it on the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't see how it doesn't win outright here. Okay. Uh, not for any research I've done, but just how good it is. I mean, Cassandra didn't recognize Charlie Theron for the first half an hour of the movie. Uh, I barely did. It looks more like Megan Kelly than she does Charlize Theron. Um, we both agree it is the uh, clear front runner here, Rocket Man, which uh, we all saw when it came out. Yep, uh, was also really good on the makeup and hairstyling. I think more hair than makeup there. Um, yeah, but makeup too. Uh, Joker seems to <laughs> like a joke that writes itself. Like it's getting nominated for makeup <laughs> and hairstyling, uh, but we both have it in. Um, and we both have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in uh, as well. There's just... Period makeup and hairstyling. Yep. Yep. And uh, a lot of the hairstyling and makeup done on the Manson Ranch, I think, to make them look like dirty and grimy. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, the unrecognizable Dakota Fanning. Yeah. In that yeah. weird role where she plays the... I forget her name now, but the lady that shoots Reagan, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Squeaky Fromm. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got Judy in... Um, that movie could get its second nomination here, but it's only getting two, and probably just one. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and David's got Dolomite Is My Name, a movie that I think you will be happy to hear only because you've seen it already. Yeah. Uh, could get nominated at like four or five spots all of a sudden. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, I'm going to watch it too. It's one of those, me and Chris were just uh, talking before the, this recording, like, I'm glad I found out today there's like six or seven movies I can just like watch that are going to get nominated for things. Yeah. Um, how is the makeup and hair, in your opinion, for Dolomite? I mean, it's good. It's 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 the same. Is it's it's period makeup and hair. Um, even though you told me not to call Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a period movie, but it's like it's the hair and makeup of the seventies, and it doesn't look like a it doesn't look like a movie made in twenty twenty or twenty nineteen that is like reflecting that. It looks like it could be, you know. My main question for you with that is, I've you know dumb dumb reasoning. Don't I'm not defending my self here but I have a hard time watching movies about making movies when the actors and actresses look the same in both do they do anything interesting with that at all uh no okay I mean it's it's. is it's, there makeup and hairstyling for the movie within the movie uh not really okay because there was a shoestring budget the movie Dolomite right yeah it makes sense it's a blaxploitation movie so it's not like it is some Oscar nominated thing that's gonna have good hair and makeup right it, it may have literally not had any right um but, yeah, that's interesting. But I think those are your six movies. Kind of pick your five there. Uh, Bombshell, Rocket Man, Joker, Judy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Dolomite is my name. Me and David each have. Uh, Judy and Dolomite is our off-ends, but I don't think there's really anything else getting nominated here. Cool. Is there any reason why uh, we don't have uh, uh, Irishman in here? Uh, because most of it was visual effects. Okay. That's where its nomination is going to come, I think, if it gets one. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got a uh, uh, film editing. This is one where we can recognize it, although we were dead fucking wrong last year. Well, fucking, they were wrong. Yeah, like no, <laughs> no. I mean, it is, uh, most people, including Chris and I, I'll speak for him here, can't tell when a movie's edited well or amazing. I'll be the first to admit that, but I can fucking tell when it's edited bad. And Bohemian Rhapsody was poorly edited. Yeah. Uh, and not only did it get a nomination, it won. It fucking won. Yeah. Um, these movies, I think, were edited uh, well. I think my favorite edited movie of the the year is probably Parasite, um, and it's it's going to get a nomination here. Uh, this used to be the category that would tell you on the night of the Oscars who was going to win Best Picture. It was like an uncanny uh, correlation for a long time. Yeah. 
Um, not as much so in the past few years. Uh, you get like Birdman one. That's kind of when it started, and it wasn't even nominated for editing, which yeah. still blows my mind. I'm fucking Bohemian Rhapsody one. Birdman not nominated. Right. <laughs> Don't get it. <laughs> um, but me and David disagree. Uh, only one here. That is a common theme here. David's got Jojo Rabbit in, and I've got 1917 in. I think David's got 1917 out for a lot of the reason that Birdman was left out. That they didn't really honor that like tracking shot. Editing. Yeah, the fake oneer. Yeah, but I think they know they fucked up, and they're going to get 1917 in here. Yeah. Um, the four we agree on: Ford vs Ferrari, which again none of us have seen. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, which we have. Parasite, which we have, and The Irishman, which we have. Uh, how do you feel about the editing on The Irishman? Uh, I, I can't kind of. Not notable to me, which is, I think, why it's good editing. Um, but maybe also because it was a three and a half hour movie that other people think didn't drag. Um, that kind of, I think, helps. Uh, I think that that pacing is not only screenplay and directing, but also in film editing, and that people can watch it and say that it didn't feel like a three and a half hour movie. I think is its strength in editing. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I've got Ford vs. Ferrari as the early favorite here, kind of going with what the Academy's done in recent years, which is award movies they're not going to reward anywhere else with editing. Um, David's got The Irishman winning here, which is no surprise. This is a Thelma Schoonmaker, who's like the queen of editing. Yeah. She's edited every Martin Scorsese movie since Raging Bull. Um, and she's damn good at her job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, her winning. I've got her, I've got The Irishman as second. Uh, we have a little sheet we're sharing right now, and you can see the plus four next to my Ford V Ferrari. Yeah. Because I decided I was going to do that <laughs> last minute. I was like, you know what? I think it's going to go to some movie that's not going to win anything else. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's editing. You've, you've got a few that could get in here uh, because it's so hard. Bombshell could get in here. Joker could get in here. Marriage Story, uh, I think, should be in here. Yeah, it's, Marriage Story for sure. Yeah, it's... Uh, Chris, I think, was the one who was talking about how they shot a lot of that movie when we all talked about Marriage Story a couple of weeks ago. But the how every scene was filmed up close and afar. Yeah. Um, and how they had to edit those together was seamless. Yeah. And, uh, one of our favorite movies of the year. Um, and I think that was one of its standout points. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to um, uh, the Best Old Clothes Award. <sighs> Uh, this <laughs> wow! I didn't actually look at the nominees, and then I looked at them, and this is definitely the best old clothes award this year. Um, you guys have a total of six movies. Once again, you and David disagree about one, uh, but you have the exact same top three in descending order: uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, Rocket Man. Uh, yeah, those are all getting nominated. There's no way they're not. <laughs> yeah, not happening. And I think I mean I haven't seen Little Women yet, but the. Costumes in those other two were fantastic, especially Rocket Man. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, and outside of just like the Elton John likes. Yeah. It was all fantastic. And like the to do and like jazz age bigness of his life was yeah. done so well. Yeah. We've got clothes from the 60s, from the early 1800s, from the 70s and 80s, from the 70s, and then fucking Downton Abbey. Are you telling me that if I was death racing, I would have to watch. All of the series and then the movie. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I'm glad I'm not we're going not. To. I'm glad we're not. 
Yeah. But you you both have agreed that Downton Abbey is going to get a nomination. Are yeah. You, are you doing this because of the best old clothes? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got movies that I think should be. I mean, even The Irishman, I think, is something. Yeah. Um, Judy is the same way. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that yet, but it's it's available right now, too. Yeah. Uh, and Joker. I thought the costumes were great in Joker. Yeah. Um, but no, fucking Downton Abbey's going to get in instead. Yeah. I hope not. It's not a shoe-in. Um, I've got Dolomite in. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at a uh, for a consideration from Dolomite, and uh, the costuming page was really cool in that, and kind of how they did it. And, yeah, um, how they didn't want to dress anybody in extravagant clothes from the era because they had to get filmed in the same clothes that they were wearing in regular life. So there wasn't really a costume budget, kind of like we were talking about. Before, yeah, makeup hairstyling. Uh, so they had to run that balance, which I think was probably a little hard to do. Yeah. Um, and David's got JoJo Rabbit in. Which is like Nazi like clothes, Nazi uniforms. Yep. Yeah, fantasy Nazis. <laughs> Everybody's favorite and, Nazis and fancy Nazis. Um, so up next, we've got a uh, we're we're into the heavy hitters now. Um, we've got cinematography, and once again, you guys are are four and four with one disagreement. Um, but you both agree that uh. Mendez's uh, 1917, the cinematography, which, as we said before, is the kind of faked one shot, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is it's that's the blend. Oh, a wonder is a blend between cinematography direction and uh, editing, right? <coughs> but you you both agree that that's probably going to win, but it's definitely getting nominated along with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then you guys disagree kind of early on in this list, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, I think the Lighthouse uh, cinematographer finally gets in. Name is uh, escaping my brain right now, but it's the same guy who did The Witch, and they talked about it then, um, that you know that movie could get in there, mm-hmm. and it was probably deserving. Uh, that movie was shot really well for its like tone. Yeah. Um, Lighthouse is black and white and shot with like a 4-3 aspect ratio. Yeah, and it's uh, going to be available for rent too. Like next week, I think, oh. uh, Lighthouse will be on like Vudu and Amazon to... to Rent for five or six bucks. Cool. Uh, super excited to see it. But I've got that in uh, where David has Ford v. Ferrari in. Um, I, I want to talk about Ford v. Ferrari a little bit. I wish somebody had seen it because it's got a chance to go like 0 for 8 right. in Oscars. Um, it's got some big categories where it's going to show up probably and not have a really a chance of winning. Um, so I do like David's inclusion of it here. Mm. Um because it's got a chance to do that. I think The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, are all locks. And I think Parasite is probably in as well. Right. Uh, there are a few that could get in, though. Because uh, this category is so, like, a catch-all for some movies. Right. Uh, Little Women could definitely get in here. Uh, a Hidden Life is a weird one. Hmm. Foreign film. Kind of like a... Cold War. Yeah. This is where its other nomination was last year. Yeah. was for cinematography. Uh, Joker. I think we talked about that. I think a lot of the creation of Gotham was due to the filmmaking, the yeah. actual filming. And then you want Ad Astra to get nominated here because then you can say that's why you watched it. Yeah, and I think Ad Astra's got a chance at the Sound Awards too. We we skipped over that a little bit, but uh, it could get in here as well. Um, Space movies do well with nominations for sound and cinematography, and that movie was gorgeous. So it wouldn't be undeserved as much as I disliked it. Uh, and that dislike is even a harsh term for my feelings toward that movie. But yeah. no, I think the four that we have an agreement in are uh, 
are, are going to fucking happen. And that's the Irishman Parasite Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 1917. I could see either one of our other picks getting in, and I could honestly see any of those other ones I talked about getting in as well. Nice. Well, moving on to what looks like my favorite category, um, not in previous years, but in this year. Um, we've got uh, Best Original Screenplay, and it looks like for the first time <laughs> in my mind, we have Original Screenplays nominated. <laughs> I always complain that like biopics, like true historical biopics, shouldn't be eligible for this category. I know it's a nonsense argument, but... No, I, I don't disagree. So, I mean, you do still have like Pain and Glory, which I could be wrong, but I think is based off a real person. Yeah. Uh, and Dolomite, which we don't have predicted, but it could get in here. Right. Based off real events. But, uh, yeah, nobody wrote a book about it or a play. Yeah. So. But, but other than that, and, and you've got, and then you've got 1917, those are three based on real events. Uh, and those aren't really in your guys' top four, but your top four, which is, you know, lockstep, is Marriage Story at one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at two, Parasite at three, and The Farewell at four. And if those top four are in there, then I really kind of appreciate this year's original screenplay. Yeah, I mean, you've got like two masters of screenplay, especially as far as the Academy's concerned. Uh, both going up head-to-head here, which is fun, with Noah Baumbach and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, they're great filmmakers, but they're fucking writers. That's yeah. what they've always done better than anything else. Yeah, and I always like Tarantino's kind of bend on the alt-history uh, nonsense that he does. It's fun that he started doing that a little bit with Inglorious and now this. Yeah. Um, it's it's neat. It's why I get so eye rolly when people are like, the sunglasses and Django and Chain weren't even invented yet. It's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> Just, seriously. <laughs> you fucking idiot. And Kill Bill, why did they go do a cartoon all of a sudden? I don't get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that looks like a fun category. Farewell. Seeing that for the first time on here. That's um, uh, kind of a breakout uh, breakout actor the past couple years in Aquafina after Crazy Rich Asians, Jumanji The Next Level and now The Farewell she's kind of um, rocketing her sardonic ass the way up uh, into semi-stardom yeah um, that movie could I mean it's got a chance to get a, a, a lot of nominations uh, spread around the big categories uh, it is written and directed by the same person uh, also, which I think gives people a little more credit uh, from the Academy on writing categories, but that's uh, Lulu Wang is her name. Uh, but yeah, coming up party for Aquafina, kind of after Crazy Rich Asians, which is weird. Yeah. Where I think people like kind of want her to get a supporting actress down there, which yeah. is weird because she was like... Purely comedic and that doesn't yes, get supporting right. actress noms. I mean, yeah. Unless you're Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. Just yeah. still weird. Yeah. <laughs> They were just like, thank God it's okay to do blackface. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then we get into uh, adapted screenplay. And I think there's really not a lot of surprises here either. Yeah, uh, so you do have, most years it feels like there's an adapted screenplay and an original screenplay. One is like impossible to break in on, and one is like, yeah, kind of got it. Yeah. Um, original screenplay is fucking stacked this year. So like, that's why like, I've got Knives Out, Booksmart, and Dolomite all maybe getting nominations in original. Yeah. Those movies will probably all get nominations most years, but this year they're going up against, you know, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Marriage Story. Right. They're like taking three of the, they're just not going to not be there. Right. Um, so it's really hard to break in. Adapted is the opposite. Um, yeah, it looks like more, more of a wild card. Yeah. Uh, but there's only like six movies that really have a shot. It's just which ones, I mean, The Irishman is in. 
and Little Women is in, I think. Right. Um, Judge a Rabbit. Pretty Taika, likely. Yeah, which would be another nomination for Taika Waititi. I think only a second. Uh, the only thing he was nominated before was a short film uh, in, like, 2004. Huh. Um, so that would be his first, like... Hunt for the Wilder People not get, like, a original? anything. Okay. Uh, could be wrong on that. <laughs> Miss you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Jojo Rabbit, The Two Popes, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood finally shows up on our list here. Um, uh, Little Women, like I said, it's kind of like the Noah Baumbach of, of the adapted screenplays, not just because they're married, but because Greta Gerwig became known as a writer after Lady Bird. Right. Um, and yeah, The Irishman is The Irishman. It's going to be in every category. Who's, who's outside looking in? Uh, the Joker. Okay. Or Joker. Uh, I like the screenplay. I know Brent voiced that was probably one of the weaker parts of that movie for him. So I do think there's, uh, I think that echoes throughout uh, the nominating folk a little bit. I think some people hated it probably and some people loved it and I just don't know if that's enough to get it in. But right. It very well could get in and if something dropped, me and David both agree it would be a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, right, the two popes shows up here so congrats, Chris. Hey, <laughs> knock, knock one off. Yeah. Alright, let's get into the acting big daddies. Um, starting off with best supporting actor. You've both got uh, Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci in that order from The Irishman. You've got Anthony Hopkins from The Two Popes and then Tom Hanks from uh, uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and David's four and five are Tom Hanks and he's got Jamie Foxx from Show Me Mercy. What's it called? Uh, shit. I had a title <laughs> in my head and you said the wrong one. Uh, Gimme Mercy. Casual, <laughs> casual Mercy. Uh, Mercy from Overwatch. Keep going. Uh, just Mercy. Just Mercy. Just Mercy, I think. Not yeah, just yeah. Mercy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> Harmonize better, Chris. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I have no idea what the fuck's going to happen here. I think the two Irishman actors and Brad Pitt are locks. I think Brad Pitt's going to win on an acting Oscar, which seems like it should be overdue. Not that he's like the best actor ever, but it's just been around for fucking ever and yeah. loved. And not that this is a Constellation acting Oscar either because he was really good in it. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do think both, I'm so glad Joe Pesci's getting in and not getting pushed out by Al Pacino because I thought he outacted Pacino. Yeah. In The Irishman. Yeah, the, the last time you guys had this chart you had Pesci not even breaking the five. Um, which I'm happy to see that now um, it is looking like better odds that Pesci makes it in here. Yeah. Um, and I'd Jamie Foxx for for David's is a uh, it's a risky pick for David. I think Jamie Foxx is probably like eight or nine on my list uh, for supporting actors. Uh, I think uh, Song Kyu Ho from Parasite okay uh, has a chance to get in here. Uh, Willem Dafoe from Lighthouse could get in here. We know how much the Academy loves him out yeah. of fucking nowhere. Yeah, uh, and Sterling K. Brown is in a movie this year that's getting a lot of uh, love called Waves. Okay. And as me and Chris have said before, the guy can act his fucking face off. Waves is coming out in limited release next weekend. Yes. So uh, all those people could get in. And I think Anthony Hopkins and Tom Hanks and Jamie Foxx, uh, as far as David and my predictions go, could easily all get left out. And any chance for the other Pope making it in? Uh, they pushed him as lead. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he can't sure. have to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he is in and Davis predictions, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, not in mine. Okay. So, 
Um, and the next up, supporting actress. Um, you've got you've both got the same top three: uh, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Yep. Um, and then you've got Florence Pugh for Bombshell, also Little Women. Oh, for Little Women. Sorry, she's not in Bombshell. She's not in Bombshell. Uh, and then uh, David has uh, this also on his list, but Zhao Zhushen from... It's the grandmother from Farewell. Oh, the Farewell. Okay. Yeah. And then <laughs> David's got Kathy Bates. I don't even know what fucking movie she was in. She's in Richard Jewell. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she plays Richard Jewell's mom. She plays Richard, Richard Jewell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Miss Bates. Uh, no, I, she's a, a fun pick here. She got into the sacks. Okay. Um, which is, I think, probably why David has her in here. But even he has a little <laughs> reserved about that from the looks of his. Uh, he just added her in here, uh, which makes me think the only reason he's got her in is the weird show up on the SAG nomination. Wait, he's editing it right now. She's moving up to number one. No, she's not. <laughs> I was like, is he? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that movie gets anywhere close to an Oscar nomination. Just yeah. my hunch. Yeah. Uh, the Clint Eastwood combined with the... Uh, Backlash from the journalism community yeah. on that movie, uh, kind of rightfully so, a little bit. Yeah, I've I have heard that this that that movie uh, wears its agenda on its sleeve, and it is not one that really jives well with uh, the Oscars politics. No, uh, and it shouldn't. I mean, they pretty much say that this woman who, and what sucks is that the woman like dealt with severe mental health problems, and uh, died like alone in a cabin in the, like in the thirties. Yeah, they pretty much say she like was fucking people for information during the story. And it's an AJC reporter, so I guess maybe we're hearing a little more about it than the rest of the world. Yeah. Because uh, we're here in Atlanta. Yeah. But uh, I, don't, I don't think it gets anywhere close there. Um, it's, it's got... That movie does have one of my favorite up-and-coming actors in Paul Hauser. I love that guy. Yeah. Who, the, the, yeah, the he was great. Richard Jewell. Uh, fucking fantastic. And he's in Black Klansman last year. Yep. The year before that, he was in Itania. And yep. he was great in both roles. He's really funny uh, this year in the Mindy Kaling movie, Late Night. Yeah. As he like a really big good. character. Yeah. He was a sweet character, too. I liked yeah. that movie. Um, kind of the reformed alt-right dude, which is funny. Yeah. And also, aside from the you know other five names, including my list, that Kathy Bates would have to beat. Like, I'm arguing with David, even though he's not here. Uh you got big names. Scarlett Johansson's performance in Jojo Rabbit is apparently like a uh, Viola Davis and Doubt kind of like one magnificent scene. Yeah. And we've seen this year that she's got fucking chops, so she can yeah. do it. Uh, Annette Bening in the report. She's she's good in that. Yeah. Uh, oh, Devine Joy Randolph is like picking up speed. She was the the female in Dolomite. Okay. Um and uh, Lee Jung-yun is a weird one that is picking up speed. She plays the original housekeeper in Parasite. <laughs> if you don't know what I mean by original housekeeper, you should watch Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's fantastic in that, as was fucking everybody in that movie. So, the uh, crowded field, as it often is, in supporting Actress. acting. Yeah. yeah. Well, for lead actor. Laura Dern's winning, though, for Marriage Story, and she should. Okay. Just throw that in. I mean, you, you kind of agree, don't you? Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. really good in it. Yeah. And I'm also happy that, like, I get that, like, Jennifer Lopez is, people are like, well, she's never going to get nominated again. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that she's kind of dropped off the top of both of your lists. Um, but lead actor, we've got, uh, you guys have the same four, but in wild order. Um, this also feels like it is a one horse race, but I could be wrong. 
Um, we've got Adam Driver from Marriage Story for both of you as the number one. And then you've got Antonio Banderas from Pain and Glory, Walking Phoenix from Joker, Leo DeCaps from uh, Once Upon a Time Hollywood, Eddie Murphy from uh, My Name is Dolomite. And in that fifth spot, David has Jonathan Price from The Two Pulps. Yeah. Um, I think you've got three locks here. Uh, two of them are vying to win it in Joaquin Phoenix and Adam Driver, I think. I think Phoenix is going to drop off. Uh, I, have a, I have Banderas listed at number two now. David and I both have Adam Driver uh, in the one spot. Yeah. But I think that uh, Antonio Banderas, Joaquin Phoenix, and Adam Driver are in. Um, DiCaprio is probably in. And then you got this fifth spot. Uh, and vying for that are Eddie Murphy for Dolomite, Jonathan Price for Two Popes. Uh, De Robert De Niro and the yeah. Irishman, which is weird that he's not like in because when that movie came out, I mean, you remember it was like the performance of a career, right? Um, Christian Bale is somebody the Oscars love and is probably great because he's great in everything. Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, Adam Sandler's making a huge push for Uncut Gems, and uh, Taron Egerton was like supposed to get nominated all year for yeah. for uh, playing Elton John. So there are one, maybe two spots with DiCaprio. Uh, and, and I could be wrong on Banderas. I, David would probably disagree with me a little bit there, but uh, I mean Phoenix and Driver are, are in. They're taking spots. Uh, I think Banderas and DiCaprio are probably in. So you've got four good performances. Yeah, on for for one spot, that lead actor. Um, I just like Eddie Murphy and wanting to get him nominated. Man, did you see his SNL? Yeah, it's so good. His joke in the monologue about. Uh, in 1985, if you would have said Bill Cosby's in jail and Eddie Murphy's a boring stay-at-home dad, you'd be way wrong. <laughs> or you'd be way right. Like, yeah. I thought that. Uh, it was good. He also said shit on air and it made me laugh a bunch. <laughs> I liked that Dave Chappelle made a joke out of these being able to smoke indoors everywhere. Yeah. Like, you can smoke inside? Nope, I can. <laughs> Sorry for my bad Dave Chappelle impression. <laughs> All right, next we've got Best Actress. Uh, you guys are, uh, same scenario as Best Actor. You guys are agreeing on the top four, but the fifth is a is a squirrel in. You've got Renee Zellweger for Judy, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, Scarlett Johansson for, what's Scarlett Johansson in for? Marriage Story. Oh, Marriage Story, that's right. She's in so much shit this year. She is. Uh, and Saoirse Ronan from Little Women. And you've got uh, my girl Aquafina in for The Farewell. Yep. And David's got uh, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Nope. Yep. Yeah, Harriet. Harriet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is the same deal as Best Actor. I think you probably have four locks here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not positive. David would agree with me. Sarsha Ronan is maybe the, the one that would be out. But Johansson, Theron, and Zellweger are fucking in. And... Uh, then you've got that fifth spot. And yeah, Aquafina and Arivo are both good picks there. Uh, you also have Lupita Nyong'o, who got a SAG nomination for us. Yeah. So she could pop in. Oscars love her. And Alfred Wood- Woodard uh, for Clemency could get into. She's probably my last in. Uh, both of us leaving off Lupita Nyong'o is interesting. SAGs usually go four for five. Yeah. Um, so you do have one left off. They almost never match up completely. Um, but... I, I don't know. I mean, Sarsha Ronan just feels like she's going to get nominated whenever she's in a movie. She's like the young Meryl Streep now. Yeah. The Academy loves some sorry Sarah's. But I mean, fuck, any one of those three could win. It's going to be Zellweger, uh, pretty sure. Yeah. Her all year. Um, but Charlie Theron, I've seen that now, and then we both love ScarJo's performance in Marriage Story. Yeah. 
I hope Aquafina gets fucking nominated. That make my day. Me we too. just want to see her on the red carpet cutting uh, up. Yeah, I want to see yeah. her on the red carpet with her fucking gold fronts in. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I I used to. Uh, so she had a web series that got pulled because the company that was producing it um, folded. But it's a. Uh, it was called like talking, like talking awkward, and it was T A W L K, and then awkward A W K W A R D, and she would just set up a desk in a bodega. And her, like, band leader for, like, her fake late night show was just this old guy who she had, like, a fake love affair with. <laughs> it was really funny. She's a brilliant comedic actress, so I would love to see her get a nomination for Best Lead Actress from, like, this most drama of dramas. Yeah. Um, about, like... Andy drama. About, like, your elder grandparent dying slowly <laughs> of cancer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would love to see that. I'd also like to see Cynthia Erivo get nominated. Yep. Uh, moving on to director... Uh, probably the most, I'm going to say this and you can correct me, probably the most competitive category of the year. Yeah, man. There's, there's a few. You've got, uh, in no particular order, since you and David are kind of topsy-turvy on this one, Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, Bong Joon-ho, Sam Mendes, and then you've got Greta Gerwig in the fifth spot, and David's got Noah Baumbach in the fifth spot. <laughs> a marriage fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, again, nobody's seen 1917, so it's hard to say. But Tarantino, Scorsese, and Bong Joon-ho are fucking in. I'd be so surprised if any one of them got left off here. Uh, Sam Mendes uh, could get left off. We don't fucking know. I doubt it. The movie looks pretty good. Right. Um, and he's been nominated before, so it wouldn't be a stretch. Uh, but same with Gerwig and Bombach. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I picked Gerwig just because, honestly, it felt like the Academy probably wouldn't want to leave a woman out. Not that she's not deserving. Right. She very well could be. I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, fantastic director for Lady Bird, though. Uh, love to see Bombach get some love here, though. Uh, you also have Todd Phillips, who's trying to talk his way out of a nomination here for Joker, but he was somebody who talked about it and he still could sneak in. Yeah. And uh, Pedro Almodovar was... Uh, Almodovar? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, is like an iconic international director. Uh, I doubt they get him and Bong Joon-ho in at the same time. But right. they fucking could. They did last year with the guy who directed Cold War. Pavel Pavlikowski. Yes. I'm there for you. Yes, thank you. I remember all the hours we did sitting in this room <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Man, I saw some stupid shit on the internet the other day. You said his name reminded me of it. But it was like uh, it was like me when I see a pretty girl and it was uh, uh, sheet music and it said, it was a uh, PP <laughs> and in parentheses it said real hard. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. I'm glad that made it to air. Please leave that in. PP, real hard. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> all right, this is the, uh, the 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 granddaddy of them all. Uh, we're into best picture, and uh, you guys have the same ten movies. And you know, as everyone who is a fan of the Oscars knows, uh, it is almost statistically impossible for there to be ten movies. Almost as unlikely that there will be five movies nominated. So this is kind of an interesting list. They've been doing this for seven years. Yeah, nine nominees, nine nominees, nine nominees, eight, eight, nine, and eight. Right, so we're we're at eight or nine. <laughs> yeah, you're you're at eight or nine. So I'll run you run down yours. I'll run down David's, and then we can talk about the movies and how they might move or shake. Yeah, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, I've got in the number one spot, uh, but I think there's kind of a four way tie there, and I think David would agree. Uh, well, eh, maybe not. But Parasite, The Irishman, Marriage Story, 1917, Little Women, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, and then when I start to get a little, eh, is Ford v Ferrari and Bombshell. Um, 
And really, I think it kind of starts with Joker. I'm not sure which of those ones would get left off, but I think Little Women Up were probably pretty safe in their nominations. Yeah, and then David, in his order, uh, he's got The Irishman at number one, One Spot a Time in Hollywood right behind, and then 1917, he has jumping five spots in his list yeah. from being basically the eighth movie in to being the number three. Yeah. And then Parasite, Marriage Story, Little Women, 4D Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Bombshell. Yeah, uh, your next ends here would be The Farewell. I think it's going to get a bad rap because of Greta Gerwig and Little Women, Noah Baumbach and Marriage Story having a foreign film in and having a Taika Waititi film maybe in. Right. There's just not a lot of room for that like indie darling to get in. Kind of like like Room when it got nominated for Best Picture. Sure. Or Whiplash. Uh, there's just too many like not blockbusters that are like locks. Yeah. Uh, too many. We actually want people to watch the Oscar ceremony movies. Right. <laughs> Uh, so I think The Farewell and Two Popes and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood are probably all getting left off um, for those reasons. Uh, Bombshell, I think, is probably out. Uh, David would agree. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, between Joker, Jojo Rabbit, and Ford v. Ferrari, we differ a little bit, but any one of those movies getting left off wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But you think that top six is pretty solid? Uh, from... I, I do. I think David would agree. Uh, maybe a little less so in Little Women than me, but Marriage Story, Parasite, 1917, Hollywood and Irishmen are all are all in, I it's, would think. It's funny. The two of you have had Little Women in for a while, but you've had it in at number six. <laughs> <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Because, again, it was a movie that came out at Christmas, so we have no fucking idea what to do with right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the hard ones to see here are 1917, Little Women, and uh, Bombshell. Um, you know, Bombshell's a wide release, but it's a late release. Yeah. Um, the rest of them have been out for a bit. Ford v. Ferrari was, what, a, like a, a Thanksgiving-era release? Yeah. Era? Yeah. You know, Parasite, I guess, would be hard to find just because you don't know who's showing it. Right. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, and Marriage Story, you can go see it online right now. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. We did a thing. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, we'll post... The the competitors lists. Um, like I said, this isn't actually a competition. Uh, it's just something. It was between me and David. Even yeah, between you two, it yeah. is. Uh, between me, it's it's always a, a a fascinating curiosity that I like to check in in on from time to time to confirm my suspicions. Which is why I always get so freaked out when I'm like Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, I love that though. That's <laughs> my favorite part of the why I do the ceremony hunts. Yeah. So you know this is. Even if we didn't have this podcast, the two of you would be at this shit. There's really no motivation other than you guys just... We were doing it before the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, take a look at our list that's going to be posted alongside or right before or right after this podcast. And we'll also try to get an article up with the actual nominees when that happens. Yep. And, you know, David or you pretty typically do a, a conversation or some kind of post about um, some snubs or some some early reactions to the yeah. nominees. There'll be something we're shocked about for sure. So bolo on that. Um, Word. Thanks, then, Chris. Yeah, thanks. And we're gonna do our top tens coming out soon. Personal top tens uh, yeah, has, next week has nothing to do with the Oscars. Yes, we um, like it better. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Brent will be here for that one because yeah. he really likes <laughs> ranking things. Yes. Um, but that's it. So this has been Talky Talk, the podcast for MediaBias.com. You can find us on Facebook and our groups, Games Bias, TV Bias, Movie Bias. You can send us a tweet at the Media Bias. Shoot us an email to MediaBias at gmail.com. Rate us on your favorite podcasting app, be it iTunes or whatever else lets you put stars on things. Uh, special thanks to Will Walker for the intro music. And special thanks to Marie for the outro music. And thanks, DJ. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. 
small town slowpokes long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know 